We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Karen X. Karen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. You kind of, well, I knew you first with um, your Learning to Dance in a Year video, right? That was one where you kind of um, blew up and you just make a lot of really fun content for for fun, which is really, really cool on Instagram and stuff. So did I miss anything? Yes, that's it. (laughs) Okay, I covered it. Okay, good. Tell us a little bit about your background, kind of where where you come from. How did you arrive at this place mm-hmm. where you're now, you know, running your agency, doing viral videos for different clients? How, how did you get into all this? Yeah, I got into all this by accident. Um, so I was actually in a different career at the time. Um, like so many people get into this field by accident. Um, so I was working for Microsoft, um, uh, for Microsoft Excel, actually the spreadsheet program, um, as a project manager. And when I left, I, um, sang a goodbye song to my coworkers. Um, and it was not a particularly controversial song. Um, it was pretty nerdy, but, um, it's one that you wrote. I was one that I wrote. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it, but it made for a really good headline. Uh Microsoft employee quits with song. (laughs) Really good headline. Oh yeah, that's 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 pretty grabby. Uh, exactly, and so um, it overnight started to become international news, um, and then I, which was kind of mortifying for me. I think me. I remember this headline actually, um, because now I was like most famous for being a quitter, um, but it was also really fascinating because you know I left Microsoft to join a company called Exec. Okay. And so the name of the, the startup that I joined was Exec. Mm-hmm. But then soon the headlines were starting to say, Exec sings goodbye to Microsoft. So they were implying that I was a Microsoft exec. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, my oh, gosh. So, so twisted. Exactly. So this is like back in 2012. This is my first yes. my first exposure to fake news. Um, not that I was going <laughs> to correct them. <laughs> um, so I kind of um, got bit by this bug of like making things go viral and... You know, I got to admit, I loved the attention at the time. It felt like really good and really validating. So then I just kept on thinking, like, how can I get attention? And that was kind of how it started. And then eventually devolved into making ads for brands. Yeah, very awesome. Okay, so um, one of those was obviously the dance video that mm-hmm. you made, right? When did um, when did that idea come to you? So the dance video was... Um, uh, the second video that I made after the the Microsoft singing video. Okay. Um, so I actually just really wanted to learn how to dance. Um, I'd always wanted to do this like robot, this robot style. Yeah. Um, and so I actually found like a, a dance class that taught it. So I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And I went up to the instructor and I asked him, um, you know, how long would it take to like get good at this? And he said, you know, you could probably do it in a year. I was like, okay, I will try. And then after a few days, I was like, you know, I should really record myself to see how I'm like progressing. And then at that moment, I was like, I should make a video and maybe it could go viral. So I literally Googled like person learning to dance in a year. No hits. Didn't find anything. So I was like, okay, I will try this. Go own it. And then so for that year, I was just working towards I'm going to make this video and I'm also learning how to dance. I mean, I don't think I would have made the video if I didn't really want to learn how to dance. But that was how that happened. Yeah. 
and I will say you were good by the end of oh, the year. Thank you. You're very good. It was a very good video. Yes. Thank it was you. awesome to see the transition because I'm not a very good dancer. And so I was like, maybe I could do that. I'm like, I think I should probably do something else, but I still, it's cool, yeah. cool to know that I could do that, you know? Yeah. But, but like quick aside for YouTube comments, I mean, like there's comments that will say like, she's too good. She's faking it. And then there's other comments that say like, she still sucks. And oh, so you just gosh. have to like, you know, that you just have to brace yourself for whatever the internet's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do those kind of little personal videos of your own. And does that mean, is that when people start kind of reaching out to you like as brands and saying, can you do this for me? Is that how it happened? Or did you go solicit it or at that, that point, no brands reached out to me. Okay. Um, I was just making these fun videos. I started making more dance videos. And then I made this one, this one video called donut selfie. And, um, the way that it works, this came out around the same time as iPhone 6. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you put your iPhone or your Android on slow-mo setting, and then you um, you like twist it around your head, and then it creates sort of this, like, this matrix bullet time effect. Um, and so I put it out there, and then uh, Beats by Dre saw it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you if you look up like Donut Selfie or Solo Selfie Beats by Dre, you'll see it, it's really good for their brand of headphones because they have that B in their Beats logo. And yep. so literally, the film effect goes from one ear all the way to the other. And so they reached out to me, and they turned it into their global holiday campaign, and they put all these celebrities in. And this was absolutely nuts to me because at that time, I had never made any sort of advertising or done anything like that before. Um, so that was definitely very uh, lucky and awesome. And that's kind of where your agency launched is mm -hmm. out of that. Well, and what's really cool is that they actually reached out to you and collaborated in order to do the project, yes. whereas they could have just been like, oh, there's a cool idea. Let's just lift it. They could have just taken it. Uh -huh. They could have just taken it. There was yep. nothing really stopping them from just taking it. That's right. Um, Beats is a brand that is very well known for their relationships with artists. Mm. And so that's in their ethos. Yep. Uh, so that was really wonderful that they did that because they really didn't have to yeah, do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then since then, like, um, I, like you've obviously worked with some, um, other big brands and stuff. A lot of your, um, videos have kind of like an explainer element to them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess, how, how would you describe this, the, the style of videos that you make? Yeah. Um, yeah. The style of videos that I make, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, very I experimental, think, right? Yeah. I think like on the personal side, I try to create things that are like using new camera techniques or if there's a new camera that comes out, I try to figure out what's different about this camera. What can I make? There's kind of a homemade element to it. So I try to make stuff that like the everyday person could make that they wouldn't need like a bunch of film experience to be able to pull off. Um, and then on the client side, it's kind of all over the place. I experiment with more explainer style videos. I'll, I'll experiment with more Buzzfeed style videos. Um, and so I think like one thing for me personally, this is like, uh, I guess every, every strength is also a weakness, but like, I am very bad at consistency. Okay. And so as a result, like it lets me be very experimental, but yeah. then it makes other things very difficult, like building a following or like building a brand that you're known for this thing. Mm, yeah. But you're a very visual director or creative director, right? I mean, cause mm -hmm. you do direct on, on set, right? Most of the time, aren't you the one doing the most of directing and stuff? Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. frequently I'll direct, okay. um, mm -hmm. but not always. Okay. But a lot of it, the way you think of it is in terms of like, okay, what, how can we do creative stuff visually with the camera and everything? Right. Uh -huh. Which is very fun. Um, the, the name of the podcast is from poop to gold. Mm -hmm. So I'm a, we, I'm aware. I'm a fan. <laughs> so the theme obviously is finding those stories where you've you know, taking a really crappy situation 
and turned it into something positive. And when I, when I mention that, what comes to mind in your life or your career where you've had that kind of a circumstance from going from the lows and then turning it into yeah, a high? Yeah, going from a crappy situation into something positive. I think like a few things instantly come to mind. So the first example I think is... Um, when I was at Microsoft, I really thought I had landed my dream job. It was my first job out of college. I felt like it was very prestigious. I was prided myself in being like a very analytical person at the time. And so I felt like I'd reached my pinnacle, re- you know, working for Excel. Yeah. And so I think like there's this misconception about your dream job where I think people will think like, that's my dream job. And then they'll go get it and they might actually achieve it. And then they're there and they might not be happy. And then that's when the existential crisis comes. It's like reality minus expectations or expectations minus reality, right? It's happiness. Um, And so I think like I expected that it would be everything I ever wanted, but then, you know, it wasn't, and it wasn't, I think at a young age, you don't really know what you want. Like I remember a mentor saying me, saying to me, like, are you a big company person or a small company person? I was like, I have no idea. This is my first job. Like, how would I know? Yeah. And so I ended up uh, kind of very unhappy in that situation, but also feeling like I didn't deserve to be unhappy. Um, and so I think that's maybe something that a lot of people can relate to is that they feel like they, they should enjoy this thing that they worked hard towards, but they, they don't. Yeah. Um, and then I remember like, I, uh, you know, desperately wanted to leave, um, just because the job wasn't right for me. Nothing about like, you know, I think Microsoft is a great company. They've done a lot of great things in the last few years, but it wasn't Just the right role for me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so I was, I was interviewing and my, my kind of style is, uh, for interviewing at least at the time was basically just like, let me show them how hard I'm going to like work and prep for this. And so I was interviewing actually for a job at Evernote, which I, at the time, like decided that's, that's my dream job now, you know? Um, cause I you just get in your head, like cool. that's my dream job. Yeah. And so I ended up like, I wrote like a song for them, which I went into the interview and I performed and it was like cricket. Oh, <laughs> it was no. not well received. It was not quite um, like your exit from Microsoft. Right? Uh, no, it was not well received at all. Um, and I desperately wanted this job and I had, I had like prepared, I had like spent 50 hours like creating like an app concept and I like learned After Effects and like animated it and made all this stuff for them. I like went overboard basically to try to get this job. Yeah. Um, just thinking like, I would just brute my brute force my way in, like I had learned yeah, previously. Yeah, you were stand out from the crowd. Works. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I figured, you know what? Like, if I get rejected, at least I know that I like did everything I could. Yeah. And of course, I got rejected, but still, it was just like at that moment, it was just so. I think everyone's had an experience where they're like they 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 you know they have in their head this is their dream job, and then they get rejected from that, and they need to recover from that. But I think like. In retrospect, I think the Evernote team actually could see something that I couldn't, which was that actually I was not a fit for that team. Mm -hmm. And there was just no way that I could see that because I'm just thinking like, you know, single track mind, that's my goal. I'm going to go get that thing. And so in retrospect, like it was absolutely the right thing for me. And by that door closing, it set me on a different path and I'm doing work that's much more better suited for me than working on like office productivity software. Right. now but i just think like this from poop to gold concept anytime there's like a rejection i know it's cliche advice but you really have to have faith that no, things work out for sure yeah 100 percent, awesome and so coming out of that you were you know dropped down essentially um with the you know 
realizing your dream job wasn't actually your dream job. Mm -hmm. And then also going for what you thought was your dream job and not getting that one. Mm -hmm. And then, and then coming up out of it, how is, is, so is is the the next portion of that is just going in and making those, um, making those videos, I'm assuming. Right. Yeah. So I made these videos for fun. It was never, there was never a point where I was really aspiring to be a video creator for a living until right before I became that. Yeah. Um, and so in many ways it happened by accident. And so I think like there's this traditional, you know, where do you see yourself in five years thing, but with the internet that just does not apply Yeah. because I, you know, for me, every opportunity that I've had, that's been really cool. There would have been no way to foresee that even like six months in advance, Yeah. just because of how quickly things change. And I think also, you know, if you have that track of like this is if you become too singularly focused on goals it can cause you to miss opportunities and serendipity along the way Mm -hmm. which i'm someone who tends to like get obsessed with a goal so i've had to keep that in check okay that makes sense how do you what strategies do you use to make sure these stories that you create for your clients get out there Mm -hmm. how how what what strategies are you using to kind of drive the, the virality behind these campaigns Yes, um, that's definitely an answer that has changed quite a bit over time. I think like the word viral, it's something that you've talked about and definitely I've talked about as well, but it's definitely, I definitely used to brand us more as the viral agency and I've had to move away from that by necessity, by force, like not through my own preference. Um, And so I used to um, actually make things go viral back when it was easier to do that. Um, And my strategy at that point, at that time was that I wouldn't usually just sell one video. I would sell a package of three videos or something to a client and say, we're going to do three videos. And I'd say, here's 10 concepts. And then we're going to choose three of them and we're going to do all three of them. And so that was one way to a increase the chances of going viral and b close more business from one client. Right. Right. Um, but lately it has shifted so much to by necessity conversion marketing yeah um because you know organic reach is way down and whereas you know in the in the heyday we would be able to get i think the most extreme exa- most extreme example is there's one video that we did that has 50 million views on facebook that only had $500 of paid media behind it for those views. Yeah. Not yeah, not yeah. possible today. Yeah, the algorithm just not, simply does not allow for it. It's just, exactly, it is impossible today. You could yeah. have a video 10 times better than that video. It yeah. wouldn't perform that in that yeah. way. And so... It's almost the, impossible even for a non-brand to do that now. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. Just a regular everyday creator throwing it up. That's almost impossible yes. as well. So at the time, it was actually was a viable strategy to like, we're going to get these millions of views for free. Um... And then there's, there'll be a product message at the end of it. And there's going to be a massive retention drop off, but enough of those people will see it sure. and go. That no longer applies because you just can't count on getting these millions of views for free. Facebook saw, they don't want, pe- they don't want people like us getting millions of views for free. Yeah. Um, and so now it has become much more based on conversions and uh, the product messaging. I think that's one thing I've always really respected about the work that you've done is that from the start, you guys, you know, have a sales background and understand how to sell the product in a really con- con- um, convincing and interesting and entertaining way. Yeah. And I had a much more circuitous path uh-huh. to reach the same realization. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and so... Um, like what, what's working, what do you find working for you now? I mean, obviously in the content itself, 
um, creating stuff that is a little bit more conversion based. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like uh, even like distribution strategies, do you have any insights for audience? Yeah, I think one thing that I find works now is because um, the, because the shelf life of content is so short now. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this as well. Just oh yeah, the, the it, stuff it you put out. All favors the now. Yeah, it uh-huh. just it just uh, uh, the tr- attrition on it is so fast, yep. and people fatigue so fast. And so one thing that we've been doing lately with our clients is we've been um, shooting and scripting and editing in a much more modular way. Okay. And so what that means is um, we'll come up with like, here's 10 entirely different scripts for your product. Okay. Okay. Um, And then if we actually just shoot these 50 asset library pieces, we'll be able to stitch those 10 videos out of it. So rather than thinking of it as like, we're going to build a house by building the foundation and then building on top of that and then, you know, painting it rather than thinking of house, we think of it as Legos. Like, let's just think of here's like the 10 different Lego structures we might make. Now let's just go make all the Lego pieces and then we'll assemble it after the fact. Yeah. So that's one thing that we've been doing. And so you're able to get many more videos out of a shoot day. Yes. And then you're able to be much more experimental with it. And I think I first woke up to this when, um, and I, and you guys do this too. You'll test, you'll take like a piece from the middle of the video or from the end of the video and like inject it in the beginning and see how yep. it does. Yep. And so I've been thinking about how to shoot in a much more modular way so that um, the videos have a longer shelf life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really smart. Essentially, we've been treating our content that way modularly for mm-hmm. for some time now. But it's interesting to think of it in terms of like um, we're going to like shoot it that way from the get go. We we always have that in mind of like oh, mm-hmm. the, a lot of our editing is very much um, a lot of our shooting is very non linear, right? That we know like if you do, we know that if you do a walk and talk. Um, with a pitch, then you're kind of stuck with that segment of having to follow that person and you can't just cut whenever you want to. Yes. And so we, we did a few of those videos early on and realized, Ooh, that doesn't leave as much liberty in editing. If the performance isn't perfect here, or if the messaging isn't perfect, we can't cut around that in the same way. And so we learned to keep kind of people still and that kind of thing. That yes. was very helpful. So for like it. the dollar shave club continuous shot that all exactly. the clients want, that actually has major, major limitations. That's right. Yeah. It was very awesome at the time and everything. And I still think it can be right. It's, it's almost inspired by like old spice and that type of thing, right? It's kind of that mm-hmm. continuous flow of motion. But it is it is limiting when it comes to assembling content that's fresh and stuff in the moment mm-hmm. that you need it. And the other thing we've been also experimenting with is removing the talking head altogether. And mm-hmm. so talking head, while great, it creates a connection with the audience. People love looking at faces and they love buying from faces. It's it's hard to make that modular, as yep. I'm sure you guys know. Yep. I mean, you're masters at still you know cutting um, and editing in ways that you didn't initially script for. Right, but um, one thing that we also do is we just remove the human entirely and we just have footage and we have giant blocks giant of text, text describing it. Yep. And, you know, you see it all over Facebook. It works, though. Yeah, it does work really yeah. well. Yeah. Where do you want our audience to to look for you if they want to? Uh, you can go to you. Instagram, Karen X Cheng. That's yep. C-H-E-N-G. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for watching, for listening. And remember to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And we'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? 
And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and people tell us over and over again it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had um, we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hpros.co slash script.